Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, as well as episode three of What If on Disney+. Plus. I'm also going to be reviewing Candyman 2021 and a movie called Together with, uh, with James McAvoy. So without further ado, let's get right into it. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Before I get to the topics I'm going to be talking about today, I actually just wanted to uh, to talk about Free Guy again. In my review, I gave it a 10 out of 10, and I watched it again and would not give it a 10 out of 10. So um, I'd still give it like a 8.5 out of 10. It's a really enjoyable movie, but for me, sometimes I have to watch a movie more than once to really, to really uh, let my excitement for the film settle down and for me to actually properly review the film uh it's a little cheesy but i like cheesy um just after the rewatch like it it wasn't as good the second time around for me i i still thought it was good but you know not worthy of 10 out of 10 so i just wanted to address that really quick before i get into anything so uh yeah let's move on to the spider-man no way home trailer all right the spider-man no way home trailer I can't lie, I did watch the leak, and I regret it, but at the same time, I wasn't sure if Sony was gonna even release the trailer, you know, if the leak came out. Uh, I mean, I knew they were gonna release it, but I didn't know it'd be this soon, and I thought I'd have to wait longer, and also, it's Spider-Man, I'm just too excited for it, and I was too excited not to watch the, the crappy leak, the video of a phone, filming a phone, filming a phone, essentially. Really bad quality, but at the same time, you know, I just wanted to see what would happen. Uh, that being said, the next day after the leak, the trailer came out, and again, I, I did regret it, because I should have just waited for that actual trailer to come out, rather than watching the very poor quality one. But yeah, if you haven't watched the trailer yet, go watch it and come back, because I'm going to be getting into the specifics and without further ado, I'm going to get into the specifics now. <laughs> um, it opens with Peter and MJ on a rooftop. They're, like, reading an article. I don't think it's, uh, I almost said the Daily Planet, the Daily Bugle. Um, because in this, the Daily Bugle is more of, like, an Alex Jones kind of, uh, kind of show. So, yeah, um, they're basically, well, MJ's reading an article about how Spider-Man has the ability to hypnotize women, which I thought that was pretty funny. And he, when he says, like, oh, stop reading that and all that, she's just like, yes, my Spider-Lord. I thought that was pretty funny. I really do like the relationship between Peter and MJ in this. I mean, Zendaya's really great as MJ. Tom Holland's really good as Peter Parker. I have to say his Peter Parker is slightly better than his Spider-Man. For me, like, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is my favorite in terms of the movies. And then 
Tom Holland's Peter Parker is my favorite in terms of the movies. My favorite Spider-Man, though, would be Yuri Lowenthal from the Spider-Man PS4 games. Um, I just think his voice and just like his character in general, I, I just really like that version for sure. But yeah, after that, you get video or what do you, what would you call it? I guess videos on, on like all the screens in New York with J. Jonah Jameson talking about how Spider-Man is Peter Parker. After that, Peter's being questioned and uh, yeah, he's basically the, the person questioning him says, well, Peter says, I didn't kill Mysterio. The drones killed him. And then he's like, the drones that were yours. Um, he's in a sticky situation for sure, but then somebody slams down a book or like a file or some shit like that, and I'm pretty sure it's Matt Murdock. Uh, he is said to show up in this film, so I'm I'm like 99.9% sure that it's Matt Murdock that was that we saw like his arms, but we didn't see his face, and I recognize those arms anywhere because they are hairy. Um, but yeah. It's it's definitely Matt Murdock. If it's not Matt Murdock, then I will be very surprised, but I'm pretty sure it's him. After that, Peter goes back to school, um, which, why would he go back to school? I don't know. I don't think that's a good idea, but he does. And, you know, everybody's crowding him, taking pictures and stuff like that, and he's just trying to still have a normal life, even after all of this craziness um then ned and may seem to both be uh being questioned which would make sense because may is his uh his guardian his legal guardian and ned is his best friend and uh he's definitely done a lot for spider-man and uh, we don't see mj being questioned but i'm sure she would be and uh what's next Peter goes to the Sanctum Sanctorum to see Doctor Strange. And the Sanctorum is covered in what looks like snow. I'm not sure what's up with that. But there's a lot of really interesting points to be made that Doctor Strange might not quite be himself in this film. Some people are saying that it's, uh, that it's Mephisto. Which, you know, a lot of people were thinking Mephisto was going to show up in WandaVision. I think if you look at the evidence, definitely go check out like new rock stars because it honestly makes a lot of sense if Doctor Strange turns out to be Mephisto. Now, I wouldn't want that to be revealed in the movie, at least not like during the movie, but maybe towards the end or in one of the end or post credit scenes, that would make more sense. I just think this movie is already going to be super filled up with villains and and, you know, possibly Toby, not even possibly, I'm sure they're going to be in there, Toby and Andrew, but yeah, I mean, like, I would like it if Doctor Strange was under the influence or D Mephisto in disguise, that would be really cool, and um, it would be a really interesting setup for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which I believe that film is said to have the rest of the Netflix, uh, you know, Marvel characters in there, like Jessica Jones, um, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage. That's just what I've heard so far. I know they're trying to bring those characters back into the MCU, but, um, 
yeah, I also heard that maybe Professor X would be in there. I'm not sure about that, but if he did show up, that'd be really cool. Um, after that, let's see. There's a shot of Peter in the black suit, the black and gold suit, which some people are speculating that it is the Venom suit, the symbiote suit, but I really don't think it is. Um, it seems like it could be something to help, um, you know, combat the electricity from Electro, which I think that Electro actually shows up in this trailer as well. I mean, if you go look at a breakdown, I mean, it looks like we have Sandman, Electro, and, uh, and the Lizard in here, as well as obviously Doc Ock and Green Goblin. We don't get to see anybody but Doc Ock, but there's a lot of hints to all the villains that are in here. Um, but yeah, let's see. And uh, when Peter is in the black and gold suit and running, it looks like he is in Feast. If you pay really close attention, you see the Feast logo, which if you don't know, Feast is the homeless shelter in the Spider-Man PS4 games. And I'm sure it's from the comics as well. But that's a big hint that we might be getting Miles Morales in this film. That would be really cool. Um, and people are speculating that the lady that Peter is talking to that's in the car might be, uh, might be, uh, what's her name? Miles Morales' mom. I forget her name. But I actually think that's MJ's mom. And if she ends up dying, that's going to be a really complicated thing for Peter and MJ going forward because, you know, he's Spider-Man and she is her mom. So if she does end up dying, it'll definitely complicate things between them. Um, after that, we have Wong telling Strange not to cast the spell because it's dangerous. And Doctor Strange says, fine, I won't. But then he winks at Peter, which feels a little... I mean, it feels like it's something that Doctor Strange would do. But at the same time, he just has a really devious like side to him in this. And he's getting getting mad at Peter for, for um, you know, messing up the spell. However, you know, and I've been seeing really funny memes. It's just like, what about everybody that knows I'm Spider-Man? Or like, the people important to me, like Ned, MJ, and May. Like, I don't want them to forget. <laughs> and Doctor Strange is just like, tell them again, dumbass. And he's like, oh, okay. And then, like, the credits roll. I thought that was really funny. There's actually a post on my Instagram of some of my favorite Spider-Man No Way Home memes, so definitely go check that out. Um, but, yeah, Peter messes up the spell just by saying, like, so MJ's gonna forget everything we've been through? And he's like, Ned, he's my best friend, he should really know. And then he's like, May should really know, too. And that messes up the spell. So, um, yeah, that's another another thing that could lead to... Doctor Strange possibly being Mephisto or a different villain in uh, in disguise uh, as Doctor Strange because you know he is he's really mad at Peter in this uh, in this movie. It seems like it seems like he's fighting against Peter and um, they're kind of battling with each other here and there. And I feel like Doctor Strange wouldn't blame Peter for. I mean, I guess he could, but I don't think he'd go to the extent of just, like, well, there is a, 
moment in here where uh you know Doctor Strange pushes Peter out of his astral or into the astral uh projection and he's holding a box and I believe that box actually contains the villains that uh Strange is going to capture and imprison um in the film and then Peter's going to try to get them out because he feels sympathetic towards them they all say that Spider-Man killed him well that that's what's speculated at least um but yeah after that I mean we get some scenes of you know some really Doctor Strange kind of things where like the city is collapsing on itself kind of like Inception or whatever um we get the astral projection and also there's a train scene where like there's a bunch of trains yeah if you've seen the trailer you know what I mean but that definitely mirrors uh, Spider-Man 2 for me, at least, on the train scene. So, that'll be interesting to see. Let's see. Everyone forgets Peter is Spider-Man with that spell. And the spell gets messed up, obviously. Uh, we do get a glimpse at the pumpkin bomb from Green Goblin, and we get his laugh as well. So, I'm excited to see that. And then at the end of the trailer, we get to see the tentacles first from Doc Ock, and then we see Alfred Molina, and he says, hello, Peter. Now, uh, on that bridge scene, it looks like he's wearing the same outfit that Tobey Maguire was wearing in Spider-Man 3 when he was on his way to propose to MJ. Uh, I don't know if they, like, CGI'd, you know, Tobey Maguire to look like Tom Holland or if Tom it's just a coincidence but, um, you know, Marvel has done a lot of visual effects just to throw people off. And, you know, once you see the movie, it's different. That That's a very Marvel thing to do. So it makes sense if that actually wasn't Tom Holland. Um, you know, there's a lot of trickery that they could be doing with this trailer to throw people off. And... Um, I like that Marvel does that. It leaves mystery to it. And I really hope they don't show Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire in any of the other trailers. If that happens, that's something that I would want to, you know, experience in the film rather than seeing it in a trailer and ruining the surprise. Now, uh, Sony does have a track record of, you know, putting too much in the trailers and kind of spoiling some stuff for their own films. And, you know, just overdoing it so i really hope that sony doesn't end up doing that with their trailers i want the mystery to it so far you know there have been some kind of you know conflicting reports from like alfred alfred molina kind of you know just saying a little more than he probably should and it's difficult <laughs> um if i were interviewing doc ock i would just or alfred molina I would probably just try and trick him and ask him, like, oh, how was it working with Toby again? And if he answers, like, oh, God. If he's like, oh, it was great. It was, <laughs> well, we know Toby is in it now. But, yeah, that's kind of kind of a mean thing to do for the actor at the same time. Just, like, trying to get them to spoil it on, you know, accidentally. But, you know, that's probably what I would ask. And if I knew that Toby was in it, I'd be a little disappointed knowing that before the actual movie came out. So, again, I really hope they don't spoil the whole Toby and Andrew thing in the trailers rather than just 
you know, having it in the film, us not knowing about it until we see it, that's that's the way I would prefer it to be. So hopefully they don't put them in the trailers. I really hope they don't. <laughs> However, I am excited to see more trailers for this. So it's coming out December 17th, confirmed for this year. Venom uh, 2, Let There Be Carnage, did get pushed back to next year, which I'm a little disappointed by, especially since we've had like two trailers already. It's kind of surprising to me. But yeah, that was pushed back. Again, a little disappointed, but I'm just happy that we're getting Spider-Man No Way Home this year rather than next, because I have been anticipating this ever since I knew it was happening. So, <laughs> really, like, the fact that it's come, gonna come out in December, I really hope it doesn't, like, get pushed back or anything. I hope this whole COVID pandemic doesn't flare up again and and ruin the movies again. But, yeah. I can't wait for this movie. Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. So I can't wait to see this. I'm going to be there first day it comes out for sure. I don't want to hear any spoilers. Um, so I'm going to be at like the first showing of the movie I can get to. You know, usually movies come out on Thursdays, like new movies come out on Thursday night. And then, you know, it's, it's said that they're, Real date is, like, on Friday, but it comes out on Thursday night. Kind of a little bit early there. So I'm sure I'm going to see it first day it's out, you know. Even if it's a late show, I'm still going to still gonna go to it. I don't care how late it is. I'm going to watch it. I cannot wait for this film. I would drop everything in my life just to go watch this movie. <laughs> Seriously, it seems extreme, but I would. Like... If if my job said, oh, you have to be here tonight and the Spider-Man movie was coming out that night, I'd be like, either make it so I don't work tonight, change up the hours, whatever you got to do, or I quit because Spider-Man is more important than everything in my life. Not really, but it, it, uh, I don't know. I'm just super excited for it. I grew up watching the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. I liked Andrew Garfield um, the Andrew Garfield movies enough. I didn't care for the second one a whole lot, especially with Electro. Just, you know, I think Jamie Foxx was good as Electro. I just think it was a really goofy approach for his origin. And then I also didn't really like Dane DeHaan as a uh, Green Goblin. I, I really didn't. I don't mind him as an actor at all. I think he was great in Chronicle. That movie's insane. You should definitely go check it out. And apparently we're supposed to be getting a sequel to that, which is surprising because that movie came out like forever ago now. But... I am so excited for this. I, I can't wait to see, you know, like Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina come back and Jamie Foxx, you know. There is speculation. It's just like, who's the sixth member of the Sinister Six? I think it could either be Vulture or Scorpion. Scorpion would make a little more sense because Vulture and Peter were kind of on decent terms. And uh, when... Vulture was sent to prison and he saw Scorpion. He didn't tell Scorpion who Peter Parker or who Spider-Man was. So he's kind of like protecting him a little bit, which is cool. I I like that they, uh, they did that. And it was probably more to protect his daughter than anything. But at the same time, like maybe Vulture will turn on him. I don't know. But I really hope it's not Mysterio because that would just kind of be obvious. 
and uh, I really hope if they do have it be Mysterio, then it's a different different person in the costume rather than uh, Jake Gyllenhaal because Marvel has a tendency to bring back characters that aren't that were dead. You know, they did it with Loki, which it, it makes sense the way they did it with Loki because it's a different timeline. But um, I'm trying to think of like different characters they brought back to life. I mean, Loki honestly has been brought back so many times. Like we all, we all think that he dies in certain movies, like Thor. And then, like literally in the post-credit scenes, he shows up again. So it's like, oh, he's not dead. And then in Thor two, um, he gets killed. And then in the end credit scene again, it's just like, oh, he's not dead again. I mean, that's kind of a Loki thing to do, but. Yeah, he's been brought back so many times. Um, who else? Nick Fury thought he died in uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, but he didn't. And um, that's all I can think of at the moment. Bucky in the first Avenger. Um, yeah, that that's all I got at this time. But definitely go check out the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. I cannot wait for this film. And uh, I really hope that it lives up to at least my expectations. I know there's a lot of expectations for this movie. If they have all three Spider-Men in this movie, I'd be happy. And if they don't, you know, I'd be a little disappointed. But at the same time, I'd kind of understand. But it honestly would make more sense if they showed up rather than, you know, not showing up. But we shall see when the movie comes out. Again, I am so freaking excited. So... Without further ado, let's get on to my uh, my topics for today. I'm going to start with What If Episode 4, or Episode 3, rather. Alright, What If Episode 3. So, this episode brings back a lot of characters that we know and love, uh, and the people that voiced them, like Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, Clark Gregg as Agent Phil Coulson, Frank Grillo as Brock Rumlow, Jeremy Renner as Clint Barton slash Hawkeye, Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner slash Hulk, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, Jamie Alexander as Lady Sif, and that's pretty much it for that. Uh, in this episode, you pretty much have all the Avengers except for Captain America, and the uh, the title of the episode is What If the World Lost Its Mightiest Heroes? The description for you, uh, Nick Fury struggles to launch the Avengers when the candidates are targeted by a serial killer. Out of all three episodes we've gotten so far, this episode is very dark compared to those two. Um, obviously having to do with, like, serial killer shit, you know, it's obviously a, a lot more heavy, a lot more dark. Um, out of all three episodes, I could see this one actually, you know, being a reoccurring thing, them going back to this plot line, because it just seems like they set it up to be a really big deal. I mean, all three episodes could go on to have have more um you know story to them and have the story continued but overall um yeah this one just seems like they're possibly even by the next episode are gonna continue this plot line which i really wouldn't mind there are some really nice moments in here where the watcher is just like in the background of stuff i thought that shit was so fucking cool and a lot like the comics but um yeah, some characters that we have in here that aren't voiced by the original actors. We have Lake Bell playing Natasha Romanoff, who played Poison Ivy in the newer uh, Harley Quinn show. We also have Mick Wingert as Tony Stark slash Iron Man. 
And we have Stephanie Panicello, hopefully I'm saying that right, as Betty Ross. Patrick, uh, Michael Patrick McGill as General Ross. And he looks so familiar. What do I know him from? Let me see real quick. I think he was in the office, was he not? Right? He looks so familiar. Maybe not. I don't know, when the office started, that was like a while ago. Oh yeah, he was in the office. That's Kenny Anderson. I knew he was in there. I knew he looked familiar. Um, and then we also have Alexander Daniels playing Carol Danvers slash Captain Marvel. There is one person I'm leaving out, but it's kind of a spoiler. So, um, you know, you can check out IMDb for yourself and you'll probably figure it out. They're honestly spoiling the whole episode just based on the pictures they chose for it. So that's kind of annoying. But... Yeah, um, really dark episode, like I said before, um, having to do with serial killers and all that kind of stuff, it definitely, definitely makes it, um, a lot darker and kind of more creepy, not like super creepy, but you're going through the whole episode kind of theorizing who it is, and, uh, you know, a lot of times people are probably thinking Loki, like I know the real rejects for a certain amount of time, and their reaction thought it was going to be Loki. I thought it was going to be Loki, um, but it didn't turn out to be Loki. That's a slight spoiler, but at the same time, you know, still leaves you to theorize who it is. Um, yeah, I enjoyed all the characters in here, and the plot line, it definitely seems like they're going to continue with this, this storyline. Um, don't know if that's going to be in the next episode, or, you know, an episode this season or if they're saving it for next season which they are getting a second season of this which i'm excited to watch i these are actually growing on me i didn't like the first one that much i just didn't care about the care about the storyline as much not that i don't like peggy but i don't know it, it just didn't really didn't really uh have me by the first episode by the second episode they definitely turned that around for me and by this episode i'm invested <laughs> for sure um I'm definitely going to be doing a ranking of the episodes after the season comes out, but a really solid episode for sure. Um, not a whole lot I can say here without spoiling anything. It is only a 30 minute show, so, you know, it's hard to review something that's not that long, but I can definitely get into spoilers, which I will do right now. So if you don't want to listen to any of the spoilers, which I don't blame you, definitely go watch it first because this episode is amazing and all the episodes are really good so far. Um, yeah, you've been warned. I'm going to start the spoilers at five minutes here, and that'll be in just a couple seconds. All right. You can skip ahead five minutes from now. Um, yeah. So, spoiler time. If you're still here and you want to listen to spoilers, cool. If you don't want to listen to spoilers, skip ahead, please. I have that review for Candyman coming up. Um, but yeah, essentially this episode, they go to Tony Stark first. He ends up dying first. Uh, after that, it is... Um, who dies after that? Thor, I believe. And then it's Hawkeye. Then it's Black Widow. And I think that's all the deaths, right? I'm not leaving anybody out. Captain America, obviously, isn't in the episode. You've seen it, so... Um, they hint at him, but he isn't in there. Captain Marvel comes in at the very end cool to see her in there i really like the animation style of this show it's really cool and having the watcher in the background is really cool as well but um 
yeah, it ends up being Hank Pym who's the killer. And that's basically because Hope Van Dyne was uh, recruited by S.H.I.E.L.D. and got killed on a mission. And so Hank Pym basically blames S.H.I.E.L.D., especially Nick Fury, for her death. So he's on a revenge path. And uh, Loki shows up in this episode after Thor dies to get vengeance, but then he starts to deal with Nick Fury and basically helps him take down Hank Pym. And after that, he sticks around and tries to rule the world, which I'm really hoping that this whole uh, storyline gets, gets uh, you know, maybe not completed, but, you know, built upon in another episode this season. I don't want to wait for the next season to figure out what happens in this. I want to... I want to know at least by, like, if not the next episode, the next episode after that. But, I don't know, a lot of these could be one-off. I have a feeling there's going to be some way that possibly all of them get connected. Or maybe not. Um, maybe not all of them. But I have a feeling that at least, like, the the if T'Challa was a Star-Lord could connect to this possibly. But we shall see. Um, we'll see what the episodes bring. I'm really excited to continue the show. Like I said, I, I wasn't really, wasn't, wasn't really, um, impressed by the first episode. I thought the animation was great and it was fun to have the characters voicing, you know, like having, uh, Haley Atwell voicing Peggy Carter again. Sebastian Stan wasn't the greatest in terms of voice acting, no shade on him, but yeah, the second episode I loved I thought it was a really fun episode, and then this episode just, like, completely, it had me, you know? I, I had to know what happened, and honestly, it, it made me more excited to watch more episodes of this. Uh, after episode two, I was like, I'm still excited to watch it, I'm just not 100% sold on it. But after this one, I'm just like, I want to see where this goes. Um, so again, I hope they continue the plot line there, but... Yeah, just really brutal kills, especially with the Hulk. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention him. He dies before Black Widow. But, yeah, that was a really fucked up death there. He basically just imploded until he exploded. Uh, or not, that doesn't make sense. He basically just, like, puffed up, like, the Stay Puff Marshmallow and then popped. And that shit was fucking nasty. I mean, they didn't show any, like, blood or anything. It was more green. I think Hulk's blood is green. Don't know if Bruce Banner's blood would be green. I don't know. That's a big question there. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that was the most fucked up death out of all of them for me. For sure. But it was cool to see Tony in that donut again. I, I like that part. That was pretty cool. Calling back to the second Iron Man movie. But overall, really solid episode. In terms of ranking them right now, this would be in first place. And the second episode would be in second place. And then uh, the first episode would be in third. But again, I'm going to be doing a ranking after the whole season comes out. Just because I feel like each episode offers something vastly different. Um, again, we'll see if any plot lines continue uh, throughout the episodes. But I have a feeling like most of them are just going to be kind of one-offs. With the possibility of expanding on them in the future. But so far, so good. I really liked this episode. I thought it was really good, for sure. Um, I'm just trying to fill up the time here for whoever skipped ahead, because I don't want them to hear any spoilers or anything like that.
but yeah, really solid for sure. I would probably give this episode maybe uh maybe a nine out of ten. The stuff with Loki, I didn't like it as much, but you know, it is what it is. I still enjoyed it for the most part. But yeah, now the people that skipped ahead are probably skipped ahead to this point. So without further ado, let's get into my review for Candyman. All right, 2021's Candyman. This is directed by Nia DaCosta, who is actually going to be directing the uh, the Marvels for Marvel. That's yeah, going to be the second Captain Marvel movie, so I'm excited to see what she does there. And the screenplay is by Wynn Rosenfield, Nia DaCosta, and Jordan Peele, which obviously I feel like most people know Jordan Peele by now for his films Us and Get Out. I prefer Get Out. I don't think Us is bad. It's the only one I haven't rewatched. I have think I've only seen Us once. Uh, Get Out I've seen mul- multiple times, and obviously he's from Key and Peele. He's a big comedian, um, big name in the comedy world. And it stars Yahya Abdul-Mateen II as Anthony McCoy, uh, Tiana Paris as Brianna Cartwright, his girlfriend, Nathan Stewart Jarrett as Troy Cartwright, which is uh, Brianna's brother. We also have Coleman Domingo as William Burke, which I tried to look. It doesn't seem like that's a character from any of the Candyman movies. There's been three. I've only seen the first and original. The other two kind of just seemed like, you know, not as great sequels to it. So I didn't really watch those, but... I gotta say, I don't really remember a whole lot from the first Candyman movie. I know I saw it in really not that long. Yeah, it might have been like over a year now. So it's probably been a while. But yeah, I don't think that was a character from the original film. Which they do have a lot of callbacks to the original film. Which makes sense. Um, and we also have Vanessa Williams as Anne-Marie McCoy. Which is uh, Anthony's mother. And... I would honestly say that's the main cast for you. You also have Michael Hargrove coming in as Sherman Fields, uh, which is basically, if I'm not mistaken, the original version of Candyman. Um, That's what I'm pretty sure. You also have Tony Todd coming in as Candyman once again, the iconic Tony Todd. And this is his character for sure. But um, he's also uh, Daniel Robitaille. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Which, I don't know, I got them mixed up. I'm pretty sure Sherman Fields is the Candyman, though. So I'm not remembering about Daniel. And yeah, that's pretty much the main cast for you. This movie is very good. And honestly, I don't get scared with a whole lot of scary movies. But this one, there's a lot of like body horror elements with uh, Anthony's character. And uh, it kind of goes into the backstory of Candyman. I'm not sure if they really went in depth with the backstory of Candyman in the first one. But it's a really dark backstory having to deal with race and police brutality. Um, And it says it in the trailer, so I'll say it here. Basically, what happened with Candyman is he was a guy that handed out candy to kids. And then one day, a kid gets a razor blade in their candy and so they inevitably think that it's him, and the police find him and kill him on the spot. However, a couple weeks later, more razor blades and candy, so he's innocent. And um, that's a really dark, dark thing to put on people, especially the audience members, especially like 
I don't know, just in general, it's a really dark concept, but it makes sense for this movie in general, um, because there are a lot of notes of police brutality. I'm not going to spoil anything here, but um, I definitely want you guys to go see this because, you know, like a lot of movies that Jordan Peele's attached to, it has that that race element to it. Uh, us, not as much, but um, definitely more on, more along the lines of Get Out, which also I'm really excited to see his new movie, whatever. I, I forget the name of it, but I'm really, really pumped to see whatever Jordan Peele has next. He is amazing. Over, over the course of two films that he's directed, and he's already like a household name for horror, and that's just amazing to me. But, um, yeah, definitely a lot of uh, racial undertones here with, you know, obviously having the cops and the black people living in this, I guess you would call it the hood, um, the projects is what they call it, I believe. Um, and it's in Chicago as well. Sorry, I'm just kind of listing off random things right now, but um, I'm just trying to remember a lot of stuff, which I do remember most of it. I just got out of the movie not that long ago, so... I'm just trying to, like, get my bearings together here and uh, figure out exactly what I want to say and how to say it without spoiling a whole lot. Um, this is going to be one of the movies where I don't do a spoiler spoiler review uh, towards the end of the review. I'm just going to let you guys go see this. Um, in terms of spoilers, there are a lot, but also there were some spoiler territory kind of things that in the marketing they kind of spoiled themselves I guess you could say um not saying that's a bad thing at all because it added to the intrigue for me at least and I think it added to the intrigue for a lot of other people as well but um yeah just a really interesting interesting plot and it's interesting how it twists and turns and and the characters getting more pulled into the idea of Candyman, which honestly, I hate saying that word at this point. This movie was so creepy and um, definitely more creepy than the first one. I thought the first one was eerie and just unsettling, but this one was, it took it to a whole new level with like the body horror once again. I believe I said that before, um, as well as just like the visuals. Honestly, again, I really don't want to spoil a whole lot, so it's hard to say what I want to say here. But essentially, you know, Candyman, is sh he shows up in the mirror. So there are a lot of shots where it's kind of like you blink and you miss it where you see him in the mirror. There's some obvious, there's some really obvious ones where you're supposed to see him. But there's also ones where it's like, if you're not paying close enough to attention, you might not see him. But he's pretty much always there. And that shit's creepy to me. And uh, I don't care if it's a movie or not. I am not saying his name th five times in the mirror. Fuck no. Um, at this point, I'm I'm pretty freaked out by it. I definitely want to watch this again at some point. Maybe not immediately. Um, but I thought this was a really well-made film. The cinematography was insane. I loved all the cinematography, cinematography in this film. Um, and all the actors killed it as well. Especially Yaya Abdul-Mateen. I honestly love him as an actor. He's been really good in pretty much everything I've seen him in. Especially Trial of the Chicago 7. That movie was amazing and he was amazing in it. And I'm not the biggest fan of Aquaman, but he was really good as Black Manta. Um, 
And he was also in Watchmen as well. He was super good in that and Black Mirror. So he's been in a lot that I, I really enjoy. So uh, he's definitely an actor on the rise for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, honestly, like, I think he's on kind of a streak right now with really good films. So, like, you had Trial of Chicago 7 last year, and then you had Candyman this year. And then in 2019, you had Watchmen that he showed up in, uh, as well as in Black Mirror that same year. He's also in The Handmaid's Tale, looks like. And he was in The Greatest Showman, Baywatch, a movie called The Get Down. Or not a movie, it looks like a show um, that's on Netflix, which I have not watched. I might want to go watch that now, actually. Um, but that was from 2016 to 2017. He is an absolutely incredible actor, like... He never ceases to amaze me in just his capabilities. Um, but yeah. Also, uh, Tiona Paris. I feel like I've seen her in something before. I know that I've seen her in like the trailers for Dear White People. I didn't end up watching that. Oh, that's how I fucking recognize her. She was Monica Rambeau in WandaVision. I thought she looked familiar. But I just couldn't put my finger on it. I'm like, oh, now it makes so much sense. I'm a fucking idiot. But yeah, holy shit. I didn't realize that was her. Huh. That's kind of funny that I'm just now figuring that out. <laughs> but um, I guess that just means that I was really pulled into her uh, her character and, and didn't see her as anything else other than the character in this movie. But yeah... Really solid film. I would definitely give this... I'm going to say 9.5 out of 10. It's just a tad on the nose with uh, certain elements involving police brutality and race. Just a tad on the on the nose. Just a little bit. Some kind of... Maybe not obvious things to do, but things that you would just kind of imagine would happen, especially towards the climax of this film. And I feel like I've said too much already... But, um, yeah, I don't know what else I want to say about this film. There's just, I could probably talk about it all day. Um, really unsettling. That's, that's the name of the game when it comes to this movie. Just super unsettling. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, I'm just going to cut my review off here because I feel like if I talk any longer, I'm just going to get into spoilers. And, again, I don't want to really do a spoiler spoiler review for this one because it literally comes out on Friday. I saw it on Thursday because most movie theaters have, have uh, new releases come out Thursday nights. So um, yeah, definitely go watch this film. If you're a fan of horror, you're going to love this. If you're a fan of the original Candy Manny, Candy, Candy Manny, Handy Man, <laughs> I'm thinking of Handy Manny. Um, Candyman, if you're a fan of the original, you're definitely going to love this. And, um, uh, yeah, if you're not a fan of horror, you're going to be fucking terrified out of your wits because this movie, even for somebody who usually doesn't get scared watching scary stuff, I was pretty scared watching most of this. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like it kind of took me back to being a child and being afraid of like bloody mary and shit like that and ghosts and stuff now that i'm older i'm like i still believe in ghosts i'm not 100 percent sure on the bloody mary i've never tried it and i never will um 
but yeah, even being more grown up, I am a lot less afraid of that kind of stuff. But this one kind of, uh, kind of reopened that, that childhood fear of mine, especially with the Bloody Mary aspect. I had cousins that would really freak me out with that shit. Um, (laughs) but yeah, really solid movie. Again, I'll give it a 9.5 out of 10. Honestly, you know what? Fuck it. I'll give it a 10 out of 10, even though, um, by the way, I went and rewatched Free Guy the other day. I wouldn't give it a 10 out of 10 now, uh, just watching it again. But this movie definitely deserves a 10 out of 10 because the 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 style of the movie itself is just mesmerizing and, and horrifying. And honestly, it's just really unsettling. Again, like my my takeaway from this movie is just really unsettling. But yeah, really solid film once again. Definitely go check it out. I give it a 10 out of 10 and uh yeah let's uh let's go on to the next review after watching Candyman a second time I'd actually give it a 9 out of 10 um just the ending kind of dragged a little bit not really dragged but the main thing for me is the ending was a little predictable so that's that's why I'm giving it a 9 out of 10 it's still a really good score but yeah just wanted to pop that in there Together is a 2021 film starring James McAvoy and Sharon Horgan. Uh, They don't get names in the movie, so they're just uh, listed as he and she. We also have Samuel Logan playing their kid, Artie. Um, This movie is directed by Stephen Daldry, co-directed by Justin Martin, and written by Dennis Kelly. And it's basically about a couple surviving the lockdown for COVID-19. And uh, this couple honestly butts heads. They kind of hate each other in the beginning of the movie. And over time, they start to understand each other a little bit more and try to try to, um, you know, fix things and and patch it all up for the sake of their kid and also the relationship. Um, I thought James McAvoy and Sharon Horgan were really great in the film. There were moments that made me cry. And, you know moments that had me really emotional and then some really funny moments too like if you watch the trailer there's a lot of funny funny lines in there and um i don't know it was a really fun film i'd probably only give it a six out of ten just because it really dragged on in certain parts there was a whole moment or a whole sequence where uh, sharon horgan's character was talking about the deaths of uh covid19 and um it, it dragged on for like three or four minutes and Towards the end of it, like, it wrapped up nicely, but at the same time, it was just such a long sequence, I feel like should have been cut down or maybe completely cut from the movie. It's not a very long movie. It's an hour and a half, and it feels a lot longer, for sure. Um, There were moments where it's really slow, but I enjoyed it, and then there's moments where it's really slow, and it just dragged on. Towards the end of the movie, I was just like, I enjoyed this for the most part. I liked the dynamic between James McAvoy's character and Sharon Horgan's character. I will say their son really doesn't get a whole lot of anything to do in this. They talk about how they are spending time with him, but, like, it doesn't show it. And uh, if you watch the trailer, they are kind of uh, breaking the third wall. Or break, not third wall, (laughs) breaking the fourth wall by talking to the camera, kind of documentary-ish style. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that aspect about it. There's a movie called Lockdown with Chiwetel Ejiofor and Anne Hathaway that came out, I believe, was it this year? Or was it last year? I'm not sure. But 
kind of along the same lines, except they have like a whole heist element to it that just really didn't fit with the movie. But this is a little more down to earth and and uh, a lot more, not maybe not a lot more realistic, but just like more believable and and uh, you know something people can probably relate to in some way, shape, or form, having been in this lockdown for as long as we have. And, um, yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of people are really annoyed with hearing anything about COVID at this point. I think a lot of people are over it, but, um, this film comes, kind of gives you a different perspective and, and shows how it can affect other people and how it affects people differently. Um, for the most part, I, I really did like this film, but it just really dragged on, made the runtime feel a lot longer than it was, and, um, that's my biggest complaint, everything else I'm usually, like, not usually, but, um, everything else I, I did enjoy quite a bit, so, some, uh, some definite things that can make or break a movie, but, for me, I still enjoyed it, I'd probably watch it again, but there are certain moments that I would, like, even in the theater, there was moments where I, wish I could rewind and watch something again. And then there's a lot of moments in there where I wish I could, you know, fast forward and skip certain parts that are just dragging on a whole lot. But I don't know. It it was a really nice movie and had a lot of elements that I liked and had some elements I really did not like. Um, Again, I would probably watch this again just for certain scenes that I saw in there. Probably for... There's certain parts of the movie like for most of it that I would want to watch again but there's quite a bit in there where I just really wouldn't care to see it again so there's my review for together not a very long review but it's a pretty straightforward movie um I hope you guys enjoyed this episode I'm on Facebook and Instagram at pop culture podcast next week I might be reviewing flag day with Sean Penn I'm definitely going to be reviewing uh Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings as well as the fourth episode of Marvel's What If on Disney+, Plus, and maybe something else if I have the time to watch something else. But thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Go follow me on my socials, and I will see you next week. Mm-hmm.